ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday, January 29th edition of the Boxing Source radio show right here. Check it out, man. This is your host, James Well, the leader of the Boxing Source on social media. Of course, you see what's going down here on the ticker below, the live ticker below, um, as you have all the information for you to follow us on social media and also support the website. Shout out to all the uh, people that have supported the Boxing Source uh, over the course of the time that you know we have had our podcast over the years uh, plus uh, other uh, videos that we have been able to post on a YouTube channel we're going to you know get things going uh, here in this particular podcast as uh, you know we got a few things going down uh, you know wanted to talk about of course uh, what happened uh, in the UK uh, with that unified light heavyweight title belt and also uh, what happened there with uh, Alexis Roach's bout that he had also uh, through Golden Boy Promotions. But we also will have an distinguished uh, guest here with us that is joining us here now. Of course, uh, he is the host of the War A Week radio network. Brother Joseph Heron is in the building with us. What's going on? Brother James, how are you doing this evening, sir? It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day, you know, just chilling, uh, getting things going. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I will say this, James. What a great day of boxing yesterday. That was an outstanding fight uh, from England. Outstanding oh, yeah. evening of boxing from Inglewood. Um, just a great day to be a, a fight fan. Mm -hmm. And how many, like, like how many belts were on the line there? It was uh, three from the light heavyweights, but. Mm -hmm. I will say this, Anthony Yard, this is a great example of how even if you lose, you raise your market value. Yeah. So, respectively, I want to see Anthony Yard fight sooner rather than later. Can't yeah. wait to see him fight again. That guy's a warrior. Yeah, hopefully he does, uh, you know, do that there. Uh, you know, like like you said, uh, you had a great bout between Anthony Yard there and Archie Betabia. Betabia being the Unified light heavyweight champion with the WBC, mm -hmm. WBO, and IBF light heavyweight titles. Anthony Yard with his second attempt to, you know, be a world champion there at light heavyweight. We know about uh, his uh, shortcomings against Sergey Kovalev, uh, where he lost uh, in the 11th round there. He pretty much was gassed out at that particular point. Yeah. Uh, but he was able to, you know, get himself back into the mix here, you know, even after uh, his uh, loss, his decision loss that he had. You know, some time back that he was able to avenge up there against Lyndon Arthur. But, you know, um, I, I just felt like this was something where, you know, of course, we've uh, talked about this bout, you know, over the <laughs> and, 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 and other things. And, and I said, hey, man, I, I just don't see 
you know, uh, you know, Anthony aren't having much of a shot. Uh, you know, no. pretty much had early predictions of, you know, better be a KO two, and then I like, you know, went double down on uh, the KO four uh, for uh, Arthur better be and it almost happened. It almost happened. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. But you know the. Uh, the will of Anthony Yard, and you know he he just didn't feel like he was giving up uh, there in this particular fight that got him, you know, up to the point that you know he did, and he did have some success uh, there against Archer Betabiev. And yep, there was you know one point where it got you know pretty tense uh, as mm-hmm. you did have you know in one instance there after the first few rounds, Anthony Yard did suffer a cut you know below his eye, right? Yep. But then later on in the fight, Archer Betabia suffered a cut pretty much on his eyelid. And yep. that right there. Terrible, like, terrible spot. Yeah, it, it was a terrible spot. And it was something where, hey, maybe you said, hey, look, maybe Anthony Yard has a chance in this bout. Uh, but you, you had, you know, Archer Betabia there as the more accurate fighter, the more patient fighter in this particular sense. Um, you know, like I said, while Anthony R did have uh, points of success, it wasn't, you know, much to where he Well, could. well, look, and you said this, James. He did have some points of success. In fact, I gave him two rounds. But mm-hmm. Judge Jun Bay Lim, five rounds to two for Anthony Yard? Oh, I didn't even see. <laughs> did you see the judges' scorecards before the time of the stoppage? After hey. seven. After seven, one of the judges had Anthony Yard up five rounds to two, 68-65. And Robin Taylor had it had him ahead 67-66. Four rounds to three. Yep. Look, I gave him two rounds. I thought he, he had a gallant showing. And once again, like I stated in the outset, I want to see Anthony Yard fight again. He showed a lot of heart, a lot of toughness, a lot of skill. But how smart, deceptively smart, is Arthur Baturiev? Could you see him setting traps all night long? And you know what? He trusts his durability. He mm-hmm. trusts his conditioning, willing to take one just to get his guy in position to where he's susceptible. Right. Oh, yeah. boy. And, and all I can say is this. Why isn't Anthony or Arthur Baturiev on everyone's pound for pound list at this time. Um, well, I don't necessarily have him on the pound for pound list at this particular juncture because when I haven't really like updated the pound for pound list for some time. Um, and the thing is, I had him on there initially, like uh, you know, some few months back, but you know, due to you know his uh, inactivity up to this point, you know, I yeah, I, I understand I that, yeah. You know, I had him around there at like nine or ten in the pound for pound. Well, my point is this, and once again, it all depends on your criteria. But if you're going by the eye test, okay, make no mistake about it. Arthur Baturbiev is a special fighter. He's a special fighter. This is this this guy combines brutality with skill. In in, in low, and this is going to piss off a lot of Golovkin fans. But I'm going to say this right now. Prime for prime, he's better than Gennady Golovkin. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see that. 
You can see that, can't you? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. I mean, he, he, to me, you know, Belvedere is a more complete fighter. He um, is. And, 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 you know, you kind of like seeing it in, in this particular bout. And, I, you know, I've liked uh, Belvedere, you know, for a while there, you know, ever since his uh, bout uh, where he defeated uh, the Bosnick. Um, or you know, whatever it was uh, back then with, with that uh, like head. Oh, oh, look, look, and the mm. most and the most alarming thing about that Gvostik fight, and once again, this was just one fight removed from retiring my brother, um, uh, uh, Javen, Javen's fighter, um, uh, Superman, right? Yeah, Adonis Stevenson, Adonis Stevenson. right? That mm -hmm. hurt. That hurt a lot. And this is just one fight removed from that. Right, and Baturbiev, and when you look at that fight, the most alarming thing about that is Vostik fought a very good fight yep. and still got a beat down. Yep. That's how good Arthur Baturbiev is, guys. Yeah, I mean, you, you have someone that in, in, in you know, even in other fights where he's suffered some you know shortcomings, he's had flash knockdowns, things like that, but he. You know, was able to turn around and you know get back into the fight and eventually stop uh their fighters and you know in this one you know i thought that he was going to eventually you know uh just overwhelm uh anthony yard and it almost seemed like that in those first couple of rounds uh he he established himself with the jab one but then also he was able to build off of that and give anthony yard different looks i like how he was able to land multiple times with the check hook or pretty much like fake, yep. like he's going for the jab and then end up with the hook and catch, yep. you know, Anthony Yard there. Beautiful. It was yep. like, man, it, that was just, you know, beautiful. <laughs> but it was just the, the will of Anthony Yard. He just, you know, was willing to take those shots to try to see if he could get something big. And, you know, when he was able to get something big, he tried to take, you know, advantage yep. of it as much as he could. The so with that was, said, James, with yeah. that said, here's the big question, brother. Mm -hmm. Who wins? Martha Baturbiev or Dmitry Bevel at 175. Better be of. I've always said that. Yep. Always it's 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 hard. It's it's hard to imagine someone controlling range for 12 rounds against this guy, isn't it? Exactly. And and that was the thing. It's like I know that you know a lot of people were talking about Bevel and and his you know length and reach and stuff like that, but you got to understand something with better be of he has his ability to cut off the ring or just walk through what you have in order to get his shots off and i just yep. don't feel like Baval has enough lateral movement to keep away from better be over the course of 12 rounds i mean it might well, be 10, it might go 11 but Dude, now now here's a better question right mm -hmm. okay think of think of um Years past, all-time great light heavyweight fighters, right? Roy Jones, Andre mm -hmm. Ward. Yep. Okay. How does Arthur Baturbiev – now you have to start when you really know what you're looking at in the ring. Now you have to start questioning, where does Arthur Baturbiev rank in terms of all-time great stature at light heavyweight? And that's one of the original weight divisions. And two – how huge would this guy be in more in healthier versions of the sport? Mm. Like 
I know there are a number of people that kind of like felt like um, they kind of like questioned the thing with better be of like when he started his professional career, because they were talking about, you know, maybe he could have potentially, you know, been part of the um, era with, you know, the Kovalevs, the Stevensons, the Andre Wards, you know, when he was, you know, there on the tail end of his career, professional career that is. Uh, but, you know, right now, you, you got to say, like, he has been one of the more destructive forces there in the light heavyweight division. So you, you got to be able to put him up there. Um, you know, when it comes to fighters like Roy Jones Jr., um, you know, for me, Roy Jones Jr. is one of the more, most talented fighters ever in the sport of boxing. Okay, well, look, if, if he had retired after the Ruiz fight, he would be a top five all-time great. He would be top five in everyone's in all time, right? Like you question, like you look at that guy before the Ruiz fight and you look at that guy after the Ruiz fight. It's almost like just age caught up to him and mm. then shedding all those pounds off mm. caught up to him as well. And it's it's almost a tale of two careers now, isn't it? But when you look at Roy in his prime, in my opinion, there is no one ever in history better than he was, not in my lifetime. Mm. Yeah. That, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that guy was great. Yeah. He was He was great. He was Superman. Mm-hmm. That's that's just my opinion, though, guys. And the thing, and the thing <laughs> is, I, I say I say that with uh, Roy Jones, when when he you know built himself up from middleweight, and then you know brief sentence from middleweight, then light heavyweight got all the titles of light heavyweight, then went up to heavyweight. If he would have you know after that Ruiz fight, locked down that fight with Mike Tyson and defeated Mike Tyson and just ended it right there, he would mm -hmm. be probably considered as one of the greatest fighters of all time, if not the all time great. Yeah. Yeah. If not the greatest, because at that time, yeah, he was now consider he was the lineal champ at 75 and he had all the belts mm -hmm. um, and no one still wanted to fight him. Even though he had TV dates, unlike Terrence Crawford, he actually had TV dates. He had a network behind him. No one still was really all that anxious to get in the ring with that version of Roy, Roy Jones. Yeah. Yeah, that's how good he was, guys. It was he was special. So I'm asking you, James, mm -hmm. where's Arthur Baturbiev in that conversation? Because in my opinion, what we just saw and what we've seen over the past several years, I know he's been inactive at times mm -hmm. because of injury, but how good is Arthur Baturbiev really? Yeah, that's the thing we we don't necessarily. Uh can we like really nail that down as far as like uh, where he is as far as like all time? Because like I mentioned with the, you know, guys uh, that were there in the light heavyweight division before him, you know, some of them, some people think that those were like probably one of some of the best light heavyweights uh, in the modern mm -hmm. era, you know, there. And yeah, Andre Ward was able to, you know, score, you know, a victory over Sergey Kovalev, you know, after Sergey Kovalev scored a victory over Bernard Hopkins and Bernard Hopkins had, you know, his stint there, light heavyweight, you know, brief stint and light heavyweight or whatever it is. And then you go, you know, down the history, you know, down to the nineties. So it's like, Hey, if Brother Bia, you know, has this, uh, 
you know, legacy. And I, I think that with the Baval fight, if he gets that win and becomes <laughs> undisputed champ, yeah, you can't be. deny it any longer. Yeah. I mean, you're talking yeah. about Archie Moore then. Archie, you're yeah. talking about Michael Spinks. Hey, Bob Foster, uh, your book just oh my gosh, one of the most chat. avoided Bob fighters Foster. in his in his lifetime. Oh, wait yeah, a minute. we what about <laughs> Oh my goodness. Ezra Charles, brother. Yes, there you Ezra go. Ezra Charles. There you go. Ezra Charles. That was the man I was about to mention. Ezra Charles. Oh, Jesus. But you know, you know it's it's so funny though. Bob Foster, man. Um let's just say this because now that guy was an offensive juggernaut, Bob Foster, and he was so avoided in his time. Mm-hmm. But could he withstand the power of Arthur Baturbiev? Now, keep in mind, he yeah. didn't have the greatest chin in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And look, Arthur Baturbiev doesn't either. He's been floored twice, but look, he hasn't he hasn't had an opponent see the final bell yet. 19 or no with 19 knockouts. In my opinion, I actually like Baturbiev head-to-head in that fight. Yeah. Like I said, I mean. That, that's why. You guys, guys, I hope you guys appreciate this. That's how good Arthur Baturbiev is. That's what you're seeing right now, and, you and that's my point for bringing this up. About like you, like for me, it was more about his positioning, how he was moving around the ring, how he was able to control like his distance, so that you know every like a lot of times when Anthony Yard was like throwing some big shots, he would be out of range because you know better be able to just you know keep out of range. But also, even when he had been able to score shots on better be Better be have uh-huh. had this way in, in, in a defensive stance to either kind of like be out of range or try to get up close to him to where like a lot of the shots from yard really didn't have as much damage as he did, but then be able to turn that into offense, more effective offense there. And there was like one point where, you know, better be have moved in and he got in like a double right where he went. Right to the body, right mm-hmm. up the cut. Right to oh, the body, beautiful. right up the cut. And mm-hmm. really, you know, damaged Anthony Yard there at that point. And you just seen just when, like, Yard was kind of, like, spent. You kind of seen that. <laughs> and then in the eighth round, he he he, he uh, got hit with that right hand. Oh, boy. That, it that, it right was all hand. over. And honestly, <laughs> um, I don't know if you can say that he's lucky that the ref allowed him to continue, but obviously the corner saw what we saw. He was mm-hmm. done. Yeah. He was done, and it wasn't going to end well if yeah. you allowed that fight to continue. The corner was justified in stepping on the apron and calling a halt to the bat. Yeah, and I the mean, referee knew it. I, I was very surprised yeah. because if you look, Anthony Yard was not even listening to the ref at that point. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was exhausted and he, yeah, he was pretty much like his equilibrium was pretty much out of there, you know. You know what, though? Credit to Anthony R for giving such a gallant effort. And honestly, he made a fan out of me. I want to see him fight again. Yeah. He is all action. He's all balls and he's all heart. Yeah. What's there not to like? Yeah. And the thing is, you know, his trainer there, Tunde Ajayi, did step up and mm-hmm. stop the bout, but, you know, he was able to, you know, give, um, you know, Anthony Yard, a good enough shot there in those seventh and eighth rounds to see if he could, you know, still, you know, get a shot to get back into the fight. But once, you know, he saw that this guy was pretty much out of it, then he just said he stepped in and, you know, just uh, threw, in, threw in a proverbial towel there in that case. And 
Yeah, like you said, I mean, a number of people, you know, were a fan of Anthony Yard in, in this particular fight. And there were a couple of rounds that were some great rounds back and forth between those two fighters uh, there that kind of like said, hey, did, like I was saying during the fight, I was like, yo, I did not, you know, expect this to be, you know, this good. Uh, and it was able to, you know, be that in this in this sense. And, um, you know, after it was all said and done, they said, hey, you know, we want to see Yard back there in the ring again. Uh, you know, even, you know, Archer Bittabiev said, like, you know, once he, you know, does his thing, he feels like, you know, Anthony Yard could still be a world champion there at 175. So a it was lot a of great fights, great up. showing by both men. Yeah. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yep. And it not only lived up to the billing, but it exceeded expectation. I absolutely yep. loved that fight last night. Yep. That was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. That um, was your final guy. thoughts, though, on Viterbia, brother. And and once again, we, we have to bring up Dimitri Bivol. One, I'm going to ask you, James, mm-hmm. you're the expert, brother. Do you see Dimitri Bivol, um going down to 168 and find Canelo, or do you see him lobbying, asking his promoter to get him this fight, unification, with an all-time great like Arthur Viterbia? Well, I mean... I feel like I, I kind of like to say this. Uh, actually, I said this yesterday after um, Better Beavs win over Yard. I think that, you know, Bavald is still going to try to angle for another fight with Canelo Alvarez. Uh, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and, and, and it's kind of like, you know, um, there have been some open criticisms on social media because there hasn't been an undisputed title fight here. At 175, even though you know a number, well, in, in, or like unification between Better Beav and Baval, since you know Better Beav had initially uh, unified the belts when he had two belts uh, before he defeated Joe Smith Jr. for that WBO belt. Um, mm-hmm. Like they've held a world title for a long time there in yep. the light heavyweight division, and you know what? It's about that time. For them to go ahead and have that belt, you know, there was uh it has you know, to happen. And and James, you know, is there a better fight in boxing for your money? No, not at this point. No, mm. no. Um, I and, and I think it's like one of the you know, more for for those that like say that hey, this fight could be possible, it's probably among like the top five more anticipated fights that's out there. And the thing about it is, like, we're going to have two bouts that a number of people in, in the fight game are anticipating in Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez in late March. And then uh, Great you know, fight. in the summer, you're going to have Stephen Fulton versus Nayoi Inouye. Great fight. So having this particular fight between Archer Bidabiev and Dimitri Boval, that will, like, make it... Um, you know, even more of a <laughs> everything else is just frosting, brother. <laughs> everything else is just grits and gravy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and you know, shout out on the live chat. You got Boog Williams in the live chat. Um, like he says that he wants to make Baval versus Buatsi next. Uh, he's been angling for that fight for a while now. No, no, guys. Look, look. I, uh, I like Boatsy. I, I do. But come on, guys. But Turbiev is thirty-eight now, and you can make this fight. Even though, guys, both of these fighters are on different networks, different promoters. You can make this fight because they're not going to expect. They're not going to be anticipating or demanding life-changing money 
right. a la Spence Crawford. You mm -hmm. don't have these egos involved. I know Beevil beat the biggest star in boxing last year, but he's still not a mainstream guy. Right. Okay. He's not going to want to break the bank. This is a makeable fight, guys. As you're seeing Fulton versus Inouye, two guys who aren't asking for life-changing money. And we're going to get into Crawford in a bit, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is a makeable fight now. Okay, Boatze, I, I love Boatze. He's a great guy, fearless competitor. He's an excellent fighter. But damn it, come on. Baturbia Bevel is the fight to make. Mm -hmm. Yep, it definitely is. Definitely is. And, you know, I, I just don't feel like I know that, you know, Bob Amber is talking about, well, look, I know that's the fight that people want. But <laughs> the ball wants to fight Canelo. And I got it. Look, look, look. Look, honestly, I'll have to believe it. I'll have to see it to believe it to think that he goes down to 168. Because, if look, and we talked with Ronnie Shields on Tuesday. Right. I'm like, Coach, if, if you're coaching, if you're training, right, if you're training to meet your people, do you actually encourage him to go down to 168 to fight Canelo? And he goes, hell no. No. They would have to break the bank for that because no way in hell am I going to watch my guy kill himself to make 168 why why yeah. why what? would you do it you know for what you know you, you you could you know define yourself as you know okay you you've already defeated canelo so why not just go ahead and turn around and say that you could defeat you know one of the fighters that you know could be like considered one of the uh you know toughest fighters out there you know, has a 100% knockout ratio, um, you know, undefeated and, and is, like I said, could be entered back into the boxing source pound for pound rankings in our two <laughs> you know? uh, So, so look, I think L-Dub has the beat. This is more the yeah. speed, right? This is more like it. He says it should be Baturia Beevil and Smith versus Bawatsi. Yeah, That's more well, like I'm, it. Why would we I mean, want to see the amuse-bouche after we've already had the appetizer? Right. And, and, and it kind of like is uh, almost the same theme as, you know, when last year they tried to, you know, make that particular fight at 147, where, you know, you had multiple matchups that were, you know, pretty much made just so you could have undisputed at that weight class. So why not have that happen here at the 175 pound division? You know, like a lot mm -hmm. of people are, you know, anticipating this bout between uh, Better Be of Bavald, and hey, you could put it in Saudi Arabia, you could put it in Dubai, you could put it anywhere. You know, if you want to have more money, you could bring it out over there. They got money, you know, they got money to blow. So why not go ahead and ha have that thing happen? You know what I'm saying? These so, are two fighters, though, that don't have that sense of entitlement. Yeah. That's they, they are not, they are not going to be willing to. We're not going to be demanding life-changing money for this. These are two warriors who don't give a shit about this. Okay? This is an easy fight to make. This is it. This is all going to be contingent on what their handlers want at this time. And in my opinion, I don't think Eddie wants anything to do with Arthur Baturbiev. That's just my opinion. Mm. Yeah. 
you know what? I would much rather see Canelo beat Beevil at 168 than rather see unification at 160. That is a, that's honestly, that's exactly what he's going to say. And I don't give a shit about that. I don't want to hear that. Pardon my French. I don't want to hear any of that mess. That's nonsense. And let me ask you this as a fan, as a guy who religiously covers the sport, you live for this stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you really anxious to see Beevil fight Canelo at 168? I wasn't really anxious to see Beevil fight Canelo at Exactly. So, you know what? This is all this is all bullshit. This is all frosting, man, from Eddie Hearn. And once again, oh boy, you know, uh this is the fight to make James. Yeah. This is it. And now is the time. Now is the time. I mean, okay, if the promoters and the networks and the fighters want it, then let's do it because the fans are 100% on board. That's yep. my final take. Yep. It, and that's the thing. The fans are with it. You know, we, we want to see it happening. Um, you know, we got to wait on if we're going to have undisputed at heavyweight. Uh, that hasn't necessarily been locked down next. We mm -hmm. lost the opportunity to, you know, have the undisputed champion in 154 defend against uh you know tim zoo so we have to wait on that uh, although harrison's a great fight though brother yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but so why not go ahead and have this thing here at 175 let's finally see who is the number one guy undisputed in my opinion james it's the best fight outside of fury Usyk that you can make right now in my opinion and I don't know if this is a very unpopular decision at this point or opinion at this point. In my opinion, I would much rather see this fight than Crawford Smith at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather see it too. That's yeah, my point. That's my point. At least, you know, at least for me, it would be more of a 50-50 type of fight. But yeah. that's what, you know, you're not there. Um, but all right, moving on to uh, you know, is that a, is that a segue into your Terrence Crawford discussion, brother? Well, you were talking <laughs> about uh, you know, well, I was going to here, but I was going to add in you know the thing in reference to why you know was going to be talking about Terrence Crawford, uh, you know, early uh, in Inglewood, you know, in Inglewood, California, uh, you had the main event there that you know involved uh, Welchweek Alexis Rocha. Uh, going up against well, a thirty-eight-year-old in George Ashy, mm. and uh. um, you know it, it was, uh, you know, it lasted seven rounds. Uh, you did see multiple times where Alexis Rocha did get tagged by George Ashy, mm -hmm. but it eventually ended in a hand down, man down situation. Yep, you know George Ashy, great knockout. Uh, he. he yeah, it was a great knockout, but it was just a hand down, man down type. Look, of come on, look. Oh, when did when did George Ashley get the call to, for this assignment? Uh, probably what a few weeks ago. <laughs> Less than two weeks ago. Okay, guys, come yeah. on. He's in great shape. He's a gone and fighter. He's tough as nails. But come on, guys. Like, this was a last second opponent. Come on, Alexis Orta. Now, once again, let's just go to the the. the <laughs> The let's just go to the steak, not the steak tartare. Let's go to the main course. Come on, this night was about Terrence Crawford, yeah. and you know this. And and you had you know Oscar De La Hoya, and you had Bernard Hopkins, you know, opening his mouth and talking about hey, uh, 
Well, look, I broke the news. Uh, you know, baby has. Oh, okay. Uh, look, 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 look. look and and, and James, head. come on. And you know as well as I. Now, yeah. go back to Bob Arum, right? This is a guy who said, you know what? I've lost so much money on Terrence Crawford, I could buy a home in Malibu. Right? Okay. He admits he was paying Terrence Crawford too much money. Mm-hmm. You go to PBC, you're not worth the kind of money that you're requesting at this point. You go to BLK. Why aren't they negotiating with Terrence Crawford right now for a return bout? Because they lost their ass. Now you've got Golden Boy promotions. Hopefully, Golden Boy can convince Terrence. You look at Top Rank. You look at PBC. You look at BLK Prime. Terrence, we're asking you to see reality and understand that you're not worth nearly as much as you believe that you are at this point. Yes, you're the pound-for-pound, one of the pound-for-pound best fighters in the world. No one's debating that. But you're going to have to come into the park of reality in order to compete against these guys. How much is how much do you really believe you're worth in a fight against Alexis Rocha? How much do you realistically believe you're worth against a guy like Virgil Ortiz? Okay? You've got to start coming back down to reality. And my question is, is DAZONE and Golden Boy Promotions, are they going to be able to bring Terrence Crawford back down to a realistic sense of market value? I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) because let me tell you, and the reason why I cringe at that is because this is the only chance that we'll ever get to see Spence versus Crawford is if he starts coming back down to reality. Uh, I don't see it from him. No! Well, 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 here, well, here's the thing. I mean, even, even with the thing with Golden Boy, that's that's one, but like you said, it, it's it break it comes down to the zone. It's not it's oh, not okay, really, okay. Really, look, 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 and James. I hate to say this, and so many fans have been bringing this up. Oh, the deep pockets of DAZN. Aside from Canelo or Anthony Joshua, when have you seen them over the past year spend exorbitant amounts of money no. to furnish, <laughs> to support any fighter? The days of the Mikey Garcia uh, inflated purse, the Chavez Jr. inflated purse, the Danny Jacobs inflated purse, the Andre, the Haney's, those days are long gone, guys. They're long gone. And the thing about it is, too, right? Like, like fans got to realize that boxing is not really that much but a drop in the bucket to mm. the zone's overall budget. Oh, nice. yeah. It's just that's a drop it. in the bucket. Yep. Now, with that being said, right, this is the same the zone that called – Mr. Gennady Gennadyevich Golovkin in the question <laughs> because they said, hey, we want you fighting these guys. We want you fighting the Andres. We want you fighting the, you know, the other higher ranked uh, contenders there in the middleweight division. And Gennady Golovkin wouldn't do it. So well, 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 he would said, have had they been willing to spend that much money. But the, right. everyone knows, including the brass at the zone, that look, Andrade versus Golovkin, that's not a $30 million main event purse. It's not. 
you're not going to gain subscribers or pay-per-view revenue that way. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. And once again, you're this is the same exact question that they're going to be asking Terrence Crawford. Are you willing to take a realistic amount to fight these fights? Now, how about this? Like, check this out. Let's say that he has, by any stretch of imagination, let's say that he gets (laughs) on there and he has that, uh, you know, minimum guarantee or whatever it is that would enforce the zone to put a fight with Terrence Crawford against, hey, let's say Alexis Rocha on the zone pay per view. Oh my God. No, no, dude. No. But hey, we we know we know like we know like the the when when fighters have like a minimum purse or whatever it is that the networks say hey we got to do this on pay per view because these fighters are asking for yeah the the purse is way too high we're gonna have to be forced to attach the pay per view revenue stream yeah but dude no. No, I can't yeah. see that happening. I can't see oh. it. <laughs> so would so also would this be that Golden Boy would be unlike Top Rank and actually have Terrence Crawford versus Alexis Rocha in Nebraska? <laughs> oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh, oh, oh well, look. If you want to try and justify, well, no, you can't even do that. I was going to say, if you want to try and justify um, having that big gate turnout, but that's not even a big gate. It's like, would you consider into a large metropolitan area like DC, Javante Davis against a, a a mainstream unknown like Hector Garcia, and still did five million at the gate over that. Five million. Okay, right. you're not even coming close in Omaha, Nebraska. DC is one of the largest metropolitan areas in the states. Omaha, Nebraska? Does that even crack the top 20? Uh, no. Not even No. Not even close. No, I, dude. That uh once again, guys. If, look, and once again, guys, if you believe that that press release, right? That Crawford mm-hmm. actually did 120,000 pay-per-views. I've got some oceanfront properties to sell you in San Antonio, Texas, brother. <laughs> that is a crock of shit, man. <laughs> that is so much BS. It's, it's like, dude, it's, uh, it's not even funny. And then you've got some fans believing this bullshit. Yeah. It, it, it's sad. It's sad that they, you know, actually, you know, are believing that that was the case in reference to Terrence Crawford and the overall paper. So my only hope is here, James, my only hope is here. You've got Aram saying the same thing. Yep. You've got Heyman and and Espinosa saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. You've got BLK prime. They lost their ass. They're not, they're saying the same thing. So when golden boy says, Hey, we're willing to give you this much. When does Crawford start understanding the reality of the situation? I don't know. And I don't know who, you know, within his team could, you know, really convince him that, yo, this is, you know, what you are. This is what you're worth. You're not, you know, the the, the seller that, you know, you may think you are. And that, 
hey, you you just can't be having this type of money anymore. It's just like not that. And you know, shout out on the live chat. You know, uh, well, he uh, he has somebody in there. Our brother Eso says that Crawford doesn't move based on logic. For him, it's emotion. He has been convinced that Al Heyman and PBC or Heyman Boxing are out to get him, and it's based on nothing. And well. Well, look, look, when you consider, right, when you consider all the great fights that Heyman has been putting together, right, at this time, mm -hmm. it's very hard to argue with that logic, right? Yeah. It's right. it's impossible to argue with that logic because he's surrounded himself with guys who really don't know what the F they're talking about. And Don Chargan used to call those people urban advisors. They don't know shit about the business but are filling your head full of a bunch of bullshit. That's what Don used to call him, right? When you consider Tank versus Ryan, Inouye versus Fulton, Wilder versus Ruiz, Spence versus Thurman, Zoo versus Harrison. Zoo versus Harrison, and like I said, Plan versus Benavidez. Okay, and, and once again, um, these aren't difficult fights to make except for one person, someone who thinks that his market value is that far exceeds what it really is. Okay. You, you, you can't be oblivious or obtuse to the reality of this. And so in my, so I'm asking you, James, is golden boy going to be able to accomplish what so many other boxing minds failed to do up until this point. And in my opinion, mm -hmm. I, I agree with Goldie in this sense. He said this, and this is the only thing I agree with him, right? Goldie Fishnets. He said last night, <laughs> if we sign Crawford, this will be the best chance we have of seeing Crawford Spence. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Because this is, now, once again, I told you this last year at this time. He's going to need better representation in order to make this fight a reality. That's right. Up until this point, he has had him and Bomac. That's it. He yeah. needs a promoter to help him have a greater sense of reality. Well, good luck to him on that. Uh, you know, I'll uh, bring in another guest here that you know may uh, have something on the topic. Uh, checking in from the Atlanta area. The boxing academics in the building. How y'all doing tonight, fellas? What's up, boxing academic? How you doing? Are you ready, man, for Broner versus Williams, brother? Which Williams? <laughs> <laughs> Which Williams? Williams? There's a lot of Williams. Will Williams Jr., brother. Come on now. <laughs> hey, man, the tickets are on sale, man. Like From Carolina. On. They're on sale now, brother. Come on now. Who is Williams now? <laughs> Michael Williams, dude. Michael Williams. Oh, Michael Williams. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still going to be in Atlanta? Yes. It's still, still going to be in Atlanta, sir. Anything, yep. If the tickets are cheap enough, then I'll go. Oh, well, they're cheap enough. You know, yeah, you know, they better be. They better no, be cheap for, enough. For, see, so, what, $400? <laughs> oh, know? geez. They better be cheap enough. Yeah, floor seats around $400. <laughs> so, hey. Maybe, maybe you know you got a you know you got a shot there of uh, you know making it to uh, you know those things there. Uh, they they you know started selling tickets on uh, Friday. 
Uh, you know, the, the lowest uh, price seats are $40. You know, the highest price seats are $400, and they're available for purchase at Ticketmaster. On, honestly, James, I really feel for uh, BLK Prime at this time. They're going head-to-head -head with a really, really nice-looking main event and triple header mm -hmm. from the Armory in Minneapolis. Uh, mm -hmm. Subriel Matias versus Eremias Ponce for the vacant IBF 140-pound oh. title. That's that's a fight-of-the-year candidate right there. Mm -hmm. That's going to be all balls. That's going to be war, man, right there. And what a better venue to put it in. And that's going to be on regular subscriber showtime yep. going up against a pay-per-view, Adrian mm -hmm. Broner versus Michael Williams Jr. Yeah, Good luck with that. And, you know, good best luck of luck, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, bringing in another guest here uh, to talk, you know, a little bit more, I guess, about Mr. Terrence Allen Crawford uh, returning to the Boxing Source uh, podcast here. It is the world famous MBO in the building. <laughs> how you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, Joseph? Yo, Matthew, how here? are you doing, man? I'm good, man. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this weekend of fights. Wasn't it brilliant? I'll be honest with you. I was drunk at karaoke. I did not see any <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. Listen to your voice. What What do you sing at karaoke, man? Taylor Swift. Uh -oh. Taylor Swift. What? What was that? Taylor Swift. You sing Taylor Swift. Do you sing Carolina? Taylor Swift. That's... I, I I can't believe that got snubbed for an Oscar nomination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That, Woo! Hey, I, I asked him if he was gonna go to the Taylor Swift concert in Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas, Nevada, in March. <laughs> uh, but he said uh, no. Um, he will see Taylor Swift uh, there in the New York area. So yeah. Well, I'm glad you got your tickets, my brother. <laughs> wow. What is going on with Terrence Crawford? Oh boy, that's a good question. That's a why? very good question. Why, why? What is he doing? Well, look, beggars can't be choosers at this point, but apparently he still believes he can. Look, he's already gone through top rank, PBC, LK Prime, and he still hasn't gotten the memo. He still believes he should be one of the top earners of the sport. Now, Golden Boy has a daunting task of trying to convince him, brother, you need to be more realistic in your pre-fight demands. Are they going to be able to do it? Is Goldie and Beop going to be able to do it? No, they don't want him to do that. Because Look, look, and, and you've already stated this, and you know as well as I, DAZN, the days of the blank checkbook are long gone. Dead and gone. <laughs> yep. So what? So pull out your crystal ball, Matthew. Pull out your crystal ball. How do you see this scenario playing out, sir? I think we just spent as much as Crawford next. I still believe it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in Santa Claus still too, brother. Listen, there's no way. There's no way Crawford is gonna allow his legacy to be affected by this. Listen, oh boy! We're, we're so, do you truth. really do you really think after fighting yeah. Avanitian, okay? Do you really think he gives a shit about what the fans thinking about legacy? Do well, you really think he cares about this at this point, at this juncture of his career? He can't fight Alexis Rocha. I'm sorry, he cannot fight him. 
Well, maybe he can actually give him a job holding his gym bag. Yeah. If he's fighting Virgil, okay. That's a great fight. That. Yeah, I can get with that. You cannot fight Alexis Roca. You cannot do it. Well, well, you already know what that is. In Golden Boys, that's just appetizer. That's the amuse-bouche for just getting Terrence Crawford over the line. But once again, what are they willing to give him? What are they willing to give Terrence Crawford? In my opinion, it's going to be proved to be too much for Golden Boys liking as well the, the, the Brasset zone. Unless you can put up Canelo numbers or Anthony Joshua numbers, Happy trails. I would love Terrence Crawford with Golden Boy. I would love simple, that too. But the simple fact that I think that Oscar has so much to give to the sport as a promoter, man. I think if you had Spence versus Crawford with Oscar on one side and Heyman on the other, that is pure fucking gold. That is magic. That's a, a great press tour. Mm-hmm. Oscar as the lead man, it'll be just like the old days. Now, Joseph did kind of like talk about this earlier um, in reference to Mr. Oscar De La Hoya. You will have, you know, this thing coming up in April, uh, planned for April with Gervonta Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia, where you're Mm -hmm. going to have, you know, the thing there with, you know, Al Heyman, uh, also with uh, Heyman Boxing and TGB Promotions alongside uh, Golden Boy Promotions for that particular bout that maybe, you know, hey, maybe you could see that. Hey, we get success here. We could have success with, uh, you know, uh, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. But here's the thing, though. We already had an instance like this before where you had Tyson Luke Fury versus Deontay Wilder where, you know, Crawford was, you know, under top rank at this point. And he said to somebody, he said, well, I mean, we all know. I mean, if the fight makes sense and the fight will get made, if it doesn't make sense, it won't get made. So he wasn't necessarily, you know, all gung-ho about the fight when you had that particular instance uh, happening. So, like, I I still don't have confidence that Terrence Crawford is going to fight Errol Spence this year. Look, look, and if they truly believe, right? And yeah, that's that's Oscar spilled the beans. He said that's his plan. He would like to see Rocha with Crawford and Ortiz versus Crawford and maybe in 2024, Spence versus Crawford. But look, you've got to get it to that point. And in my opinion, I don't even see them signing on the dotted line because unless Crawford has a semblance of humility at this point, which he doesn't, that's not going to happen, guys. So let me ask you something. When you look at Ryan Garcia's purses leading up to this point, Crawford against just um, Sean Porter made more than all of Ryan Garcia's purses added up leading up to this point, right? Crawford's purse versus Porter exceeds all of those purses combined, and that's Ryan Garcia. That And once again, you cannot fault Terrence Crawford completely because he was paid inflated purses by top rank. Yeah. That's why he's – and now, after tanking on pay-per-view, he was played an, an, another inflated purse by BLK Prime going into this negotiation. So what makes you think that he's going to realistically see his market value? I don't think you – he. It, it just and is DAZN going to be willing to pay it? 
That's well, the big question. Well, shout out on the live chat to Isso once again. He says the zone's budget won't allow for Bud to be happy enough for Ortiz fight first, which That's is it. why this move doesn't make sense to me. That's if it. they help Crawford negotiate the Spence fight, sure, it'll be like Tank versus Ryan. But That's right, but I don't even see it getting to that point. Right. That's the problem, guys. Let me ask you a question. What is Terrence Crawford's market value? Because honestly, I think his market value is higher than people think. Well, what? Well, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what Terrence Crawford thinks now, doesn't it? Correct. Okay, so his minimum, right? When he when he signed that contract extension with with Top Rank, right? He was the highest paid in terms of guaranteed minimums of any welterweight on the planet. He was making four million guaranteed. He made six million against Sean Porter. Do right. you believe he's worth that much guaranteed, Matthew? Yes, yes. Here's why. How? I don't think Top Rank would have gotten that ESPN deal if they didn't have Terrence Crawford. So I think he's worth whatever they're willing to pay him. Uh, I don't follow that logic. Why don't you think he would get the Errol Spence deal with Terrence Crawford? No. Yes, he was one of the best pound-for-pound no, 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 fighters in box. No, 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 I'm sorry. Terrence Crawford, that deal. Look, when, when he was signed with top rank, okay, yes, he was one of the best fighters on the planet. He still mm -hmm. is. Okay, mm -hmm. can't take any of that away from him. He's a great fighter. But do you really think that that was an integral piece of signing Yes. Top rank with ESPN. Yes, I do. Who else Why? do they have? Who else do they have? No, no, no. See, you're thinking like a fan, brother. I'm thinking in terms of market value. Okay. A lot of people say it's the library, but I don't think ESPN utilizes the library as much as they could. Well, when you consider now, think about this. And once again, top rank, they're shooting for far for par. When you consider the business aspect of it, right? Uh -huh. They're completely reliant on the network licensing fee and the casino side fee. Very seldom do they have a have a uh, an event in a venue where they're worried about selling tickets, right? Hmm. Okay, there and they only get a budget of ninety three million dollars for less than thirty events. When you do the math, that's maybe four million dollars per event that they're willing that they have to to, to play with. And so we consider a guy like Terrence Crawford, that's his minimum, $4 million. That's very, very difficult to work with. ESPN, that wasn't a factor. That wasn't a factor. Terrence Crawford, who's not a big ticket seller, not a great ratings draw. When you consider that Tiafimo Lopez, when you consider that Terrence Crawford hasn't had anything even close to Tiafimo Lopez versus Vasil Lomachenko, in terms of ratings, you can't tell me that that was a factor. Well, they put him on the plus right away. They put who on the plus right away? Terrence Crawford. When? When he fought Jeff Horn. Oh, come on, dude. Jeff Horn, that was... <laughs> they put him on ESPN. To me, if, if you put Terrence Crawford on ESPN, you're going to draw two, three million every time. Okay, so how did how did Crawford versus Ndongo do on the flagship mainstream ESPN? 
Uh, let me look it up real quick. I wasn't it didn't, it didn't do anything close to Lomachenko Lopez. And, is, and Dongo, he's, he's, look, even on Lopez? HBO, yeah. even on HBO, HBO, he wasn't a big ratings draw. And that was the biggest platform that boxing's had in the past 10 years. 20 years, might I add. Right? What about even they had Terrence Crawford, and in their infinite wisdom, they said, Look, there's no way we're gonna put Terrence Crawford and and uh uh what's his name? Um Victor Postal without the pay-per-view revenue stream because it's just not right. worth it, doesn't draw that many ratings, it doesn't draw the numbers that we're looking for. We're gonna have to attach the pay-per-view revenue stream. Why was I, that? I think they put it on pay-per-view because they, they thought well, that they'll be able to cover the salaries with the pay-per-view. Yeah, but the thing about it is... It was out of necessity is what you're saying. Yeah. like when, when you have a guy that's asking for a lot that you're willing to take out of the budget, you're going to have to put it on pay-per-view to subsidize the cost. So once again, well, you just answered my question that he's not worth that market value. I don't well, know. I, the, uh, I, I feel like they... Listen... Look what you said, Vasily Lomachenko versus Teofimo Lopez. Yep. Where is Terrence Crawford's Vasily Lomachenko? Where is Terrence Crawford's Teofimo Lopez? Why is it Terrence Crawford is not getting the, the the caliber of opponent worthy of his name so that he can draw those big-ass ratings? You know what? That's a very good point. Unfortunately, brother, that raises another problem with the business of boxing. And once again, I really like Goldie and I'm sorry, Oscar De La Hoya's mindset is, look, we need to start working with other promoters to put these best fights together. Because for a long time, that was a huge problem for Terrence Crawford and top rank that these networks, they don't have a Lou DiBella or a Ken Hirschman, actually, as they're as the person trying to hold the promoter's feet to the fire. They basically are running farm systems in all of these networks. Okay. Basically saying, hey, we don't care. Here's your budget. Put the best fights you can for us. That's a problem. And that's become a big problem with every network, including Showtime as well as DAZN. And I really like Delahoya and Eric Gomez, what they're trying to do, working across the lines to put these best fights together. This is why I'm saying I agree with Goldie saying that this is the best chance we have of making Crawford Spence. My problem is, though, are you going to be willing, are you going to be able to get Crawford to agree to what he views below market value? Yeah, that, that's going to be the issue. And the other thing here with Crawford, and, you know, y'all mentioned the thing uh, with him facing the uh, fighters that he faced. There was one instance where he was on ESPN you know, when he fought against his Kavalioskis, that's where you had that, you know, Comey versus Lopez uh, co-feature about, you know, on there for the uh, IBF uh, light heavyweight. Now is it Madison Square Garden? You were there, yeah, weren't you? Square. I, no, I didn't make that. I didn't make that event. I didn't make that yeah. event. Uh, but there was the opportunity where you had Terrence Crawford on the main network there for ESPN. But they had that particular budget where you said like $93 million on, you know, pretty much on average per year. That's pretty much like something where you- Per annum, to- yeah. That's that's what I've been told that they get, $93 yeah. million per annum. Yeah. And, and, and for me, like breaking that down for like, let's just say it's like per month. Like if they had like one or two cards per month, so to speak, right? 
So that means yeah. that they're dealing with uh, under $8 million per month of a budget to put together, you know, the fight cards or whatever it is. Now, do they use the, the whole budget? Likely they don't. But, you know, given, you know, what they have and, you know, the other costs that they have to deal with, some of these persons have to be taken care of by putting the fights there on pay-per-view. And so with Terrence Crawford, in those last few fights, you had to put them on pay-per-view. Yeah, they're experiencing that right now with Haney Lomachenko. From yeah. what I've been told, it's going to be on pay-per-view. Yep, that's going to be on pay-per-view. That's a problem, guys. And, and ultimately, Dead that's on a, arrival. That's yeah, exactly, Matthew. Thank you. And so that's a huge problem once again with the with the fans. Like you're then, in a sense, obscuring the best product that this sport has to offer. And hiding it behind a pay-per-view paywall so no one sees it. But here's the problem, Joe. Would we get Haney versus Lomachenko if not for pay-per-view? No, you wouldn't. Because Haney to melt down to 135 against Vasil Lomachenko. He's demanding, from what I've been told, over $5 million. Hey, make your money, player. And the thing about it is, and, and this is Haney that ended up getting what nine hundred thousand or something like that in the rematch against uh Cambosis Jr. No, but he got that. No, little. no, no he, he made more, more than that, that brother. He, he made more than that. He made just oh, under three million. Yeah. Under three, okay, good. Yeah, the whole thing that uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. <laughs> but, Peter Palm was talking about was like, oh, wait a minute, what, what? He got only what? Well, look, look, but that was a much bigger event because it was held in Australia. If yeah. that fight is held in the states, dude, that doesn't even sell out. No, it doesn't. No, 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 no. Once sell. again, um, this is the problem, though. Like, when do you start actually putting your foot down if you're these networks and saying, hey, man, you guys have to start being more reasonable with your pre-fight demands well, so everyone can see this product? Well, Honestly, we would be better off excluding everything off of pay-per-view at this point and yeah, showing them in front of a mainstream a network. That, that would take a huge network buy-in, though. If yeah. you think about it, the the sports rights to the NBA, the NFL, they can it's get so billions, much more. Billions. Yep. yep. What but to be getting 80 million, maybe a hundred million if you're lucky. No, no, no. But but then you're talking about so why do they pay? Why do the network why do the network play like Fox? Why do they pay over a no, billion dollars? Because you're gonna you know that you're gonna get the product every week with boxing. Because it's a mainstream event. It's a mainstream no, product. Not, not, not even and that. you can to attract me, that kind of sponsorship that's gonna support it. To me, with okay, boxing, that's the problem with boxing. It's become yeah. a fringe pastime in America. You can't the, yield the, the same sponsorship dollars. It's an individual sport. If somebody gets injured, the whole event sucks. That's the thing with boxing. With the NFL, you have teams. With the NBA, you got teams. One guy gets injured, it's not going to affect the product too much. Nope. <laughs> hey, man, can you put up that itty-bitty uh, uh, right there? That's just hilarious. I'm going to read that. Oh, you're not your own boss, my dude. A few minutes later, signs with Goldie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, look, look, know. guys. And and once again, uh, when you think about it, all of these guys, yeah. they have their own sole proprietorships. But there's a reason why you hire advisors like Al Heyman. Okay? 
You're mm -hmm. not an expert in the business field, brother. You, you hire guys that are, who have your best interests at heart. Like, come on, show me where Al Heyman has done a terrible job with Errol Spence Jr. Show me that. Come on. If he had just been willing to sign, give Al Heyman options on his next two fights, guys, we would have already seen the first Crawford Spence fight. Right. But so man, guys, it's it's too. this is not rocket science. There's one man responsible for us not seeing this fight. And he basically wasted a whole year in the welterweight division by doing what he did because this thing here, if he goes forward with this thing with Golden Warrior Promotions, my question is this. Why couldn't he have done that last year? That's it. That's it. Now, once again, it's gonna it's gonna take a matter of no way he hasn't signed yet. Yeah, it's gonna take yet. a it's gonna have to be Bernard Hopkins, Oscar De La Hoya, Eric Gomez, everyone involved, the brass at the zone convincing him, Terrence Crawford, that his market value is not that high. That's yeah. what it's gonna take. And in my opinion, it can't be done. At this juncture of his career, this is all a lot of noise. It's not going to happen, guys. He's going to retire, and he's going to be happy with everything that he's done in the sport. He's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer, and he's not going to fight Earl Spence. That's it. And that we have a much, the most disappointing thing I've ever heard, man. We have, and well, <laughs> well, get used to disappointment, brother. Yep. We have a better chance of seeing Baturbia Bevel this year. No, we yes. don't. Hell, no. yes, we do. Yes, we do. We and we were talking about this MVO before you got on there. Like, <laughs> hey, we could see like, let's just go ahead and have better be versus Baval instead of Baval thinking that he could get down to one hundred and sixty-eight pounds to fight Canelo Alvarez. Like, come on, let's have undisputed at one seventy-five, man. Just go ahead and do that. You know what I mean? No, look, 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 look. This is how dire the the Crawford situation is, right? You could have the money that Terrence Crawford made for the Sean Porter fight. You could easily sell both Baturbiev and Beevil on that covering the entire purse. $6 million. They would be willing to do that. Okay? Neither guy, neither guy is a huge mainstream commodity in, in any market. Okay? Let's just not confine that to the U.S., Let's just say every market around the world. Where are they a ticket seller? Nowhere. I think they Ex sold, exactly. I think so sold you high school gym in Russia against uh, <laughs> Craig Richards. So, so you could say you could make the entire pay-per-view purse or the entire main main event purse. I'm sorry, not pay-per-view. You could say we could make the entire Bevel Baturbia purse based on Crawford's last payday. And they would be happy. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm saying that's a much more feasible fight to make, realistically. Now, let me ask you a question. Why do people say that Crawford versus Spence is, like, getting close or past his expiration? When no, no, I, I, are, are I don't see it that way. Old, I, yeah, I don't see it that way. Is old as hell. I don't, I don't see it that way. That's look, that's just a bunch of noise from a bunch of other channels that don't really understand the business. And you okay. know, this Matthew, you know, this, okay. Look, look, it doesn't matter what the title is for. They're both two future hall of famers. Okay. They're both at this time, the two best fighters at 147. Yep. even if they fight at 160, 
we're all still going to be dialed in. It doesn't matter. The fighters define. Let me let me ask you this, right? Do you remember the title that Sugar Shane Mosley and Oscar De La Hoya fought for their first time? No. Do you remember what that's for? Can't go back. Exactly. No one. Look, everyone remembers the matchups. The fighters define the titles. It was so. To answer the question, though, is for the the coveted IBA, right? The now defunct IBA. No one gives a shit. They remember the matchups. History remembers the matchups, not for what it was fought for, not for the titles, not for anything. It's the matchups that history remembers. But here's so the problem I, with I, don't, versus I don't buy into that noise that fanboys are saying. Oh, it's long overdue. Bullshit. These are two legends. These are two future Hall of Famers. I don't give a shit if they're 40. I don't give a shit if it's at 168. I want to see it. That's a Damn fact. Damn it. Hey, hey that's father, like NPO. Joshua 60. There you go. There you go. It could be, hey. I don't give a fuck. In 2026. <laughs> It could be uh, Wilder versus Joshua yeah, in 2026, I don't give a fuck. I and MVO will be all up in it. <laughs> I need to see it. That's it. That's it. And look, if Goldie can get it across the line, hey, brother, do another line. I don't give a shit. More power to you, brother. <laughs> Woo! Hey, hey, wait. So you mean he could, he could do – you know what? I'll go ahead and say it. You mean he could he could do lines with Kell Brook? No, I mean uh, – yep. Dude, he could do rails across America with Kell Brook, bro. I don't care. If he can get Crawford across that line, hey, you know what? He's got my vote for promoter of the year. He's got my vote. Hey, brother, more power to you. Use some more kitchen utensils while you're at it. I don't give a shit. Just make oh, it happen. Man. He could be man, he could be like George Clinton in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> Atomic Dog. Hey, man. <laughs> he could be like that, man. Hey, as long as he's able to make this fight, man, yeah, why not? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see how, how things go here. Matthew, before, before I get off, I have to start preparing for my show with James right. Gogi, but it's always a pleasure to speak with you, brother. You're very, very knowledgeable. Last question. Who wins this fight on March 25th? Benavidez or Plant? Oh, God. You know what? I'm going to go for Plant with the upset. Woo! You know what, brother? That is a sentiment that's really growing a lot of momentum as of late. They really like the pairing of, of Caleb Plant with uh, Stephen Breadman Edwards. Yeah, it, yep. it was it was something about Caleb Plant literally putting Darrell in the dirt. Shoveling the dirt on him. You know what? Uh, you know what? Go, go easy on that, man, because Anthony is my brother and so is Javen, man. Stop it. Come on now. But after that, I was like, you know what? Game of players, you ready. You ready. Maybe that Honestly, fight I love this fight. I love this fight, and it's happening at the perfect time. And who put it together? Was it was it Bob Arum? Was it Oscar? Um, uh, who put it together? Who put this fight together? Tom, maybe Tom. <laughs> well, I will say this. I will say this. Since Al has been working with the great Tom Brown, one of the best matchmakers of the past 30 years, right? He has been making much better fights for Steven oh, yeah. as well as as well as Fox. Oh, yeah. These 
like you look at the product, you look at these matchups. And once again, I'm going to rattle off these to you, right? Mm -hmm. You look at the fights that are made already, and 2023 looks like it's going to be a blockbuster, guys. I'm going to rattle off these and think about how many Heyman and Tom Brown is their handiwork, right? You've got Fury versus Usyk, Tank versus Ryan, Plant versus Benavidez, Inouye versus Fulton, Haney versus Lomachenko, Wilder versus Ruiz, Spence versus Thurman, and yes, damn it, that's going to be a great fight. Canelo versus Ryder, Zoo versus Harrison, Joyce versus Zhang, Ortiz versus Don Yonez, and Joshua <clears throat> versus Franklin. Honestly, Zoo versus Harrison. Oh, that is God. a great fight, guys. I and once again, fight. if Heyman is the big obstructionist, then how is this happening? And and the thing about it is, you 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 had the news of uh, a matchmaker leaving uh, promotional company, and Roberto Diaz. Now, don't worry, he's he's secured, brother. He's going to be working with Canelo, man, very soon. His wife already worked for Canelo. He's mm. going to be over there as an advisor. Trust me. He's not going to be hey. one of Canelo Butchers. <laughs> and look, look, is it, look, it, 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 it becomes a very different picture, right? Okay. They had to let Roberto Diaz go. Everything becomes very different when you don't have that Canelo money coming in, doesn't it? That's a fact. <laughs> That's not a coincidence, guys. Yeah. Oh, well, shit. I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but I do have to run. I've got to start preparing for my show with James Gogi. But Matthew, always a pleasure. Boxing academic. And James, you're my brother. I love chopping up with you, man. Guys, once again, James, keep doing what you do, man. You're, you're, you bring integrity back to boxing journalism. Thank you, my friend. What about like the Kurt Angle of boxing reporters or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be the Kurt Angle. You're the Hulk Hogan, brother. Love you, man. God bless you, brother. Keep doing what you do, my friend. Have a great evening, everybody. What you gonna do, man? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> God bless you guys. Have a Take wonderful care. Sunday, guys. Take it easy. Yeah, Yo, no boxer academic, wake your ass up. <laughs> What's hey, going on, Mike? Hey motherfucker, when you walk in the room, you better you better um um acknowledge me next time. I apologize, Mike. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> and call me by my uh stage name, nigga. Uh, uh, my bad. bad. Uh, uh Mr. Boxing Academic. I apologize. I apologize. Nah, I'm playing. How you doing? How you doing? He, he's like uh uh Randy Savage's brother, the genius. Lady nah, Pop. Genius. He said the, the genius. genius. Nah, he said he said acknowledge me like he's Roman Reigns. Word. <laughs> The genius is Randy Savage, brother. Yeah, yeah man. Wow. Okay. Lenny Parfo. <laughs> he wow. Don't, he don't, like I said, he don't go he don't that far to wrestling like that. So uh, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I mean, I used to watch wrestling. Yeah, but you 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 don't know who the genius is. Yeah, I do know who the genius. Like I, am. <laughs> I used to. Uh, we had a, a poster on SmackDown one time, and then they showed the Rock poster with me and my uh, my neighbor. Who used to live around the corner from me? They actually show his poster. They didn't show us. They show his poster. Oh man! I remember the genius used to work with Kurt Hedding on Mr. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> part of like the perfect team and all of that. Oh, that was up, man. But yeah, uh, well, hey, like I said, uh, 
you know, good luck to Terrence Crawford, you know, in his uh, future endeavors if he ends up, uh, you know, signing with Golden Boy Promotions. Uh, you know, good luck to uh, Mr. Adrian Broner, I guess the boxing academic will, you know, see if he could, uh, you know, be in attendance for that fight uh, that he has there. Like I said, tickets are on sale available at Ticketmaster, you know what I'm saying? He better be in, in, in person for the Adrian Broner fight. Come uh, on, man. It. Who that? AB, about billions, baby. About billions, man. He better be what? You better be in attendance. You said I better be? Yes. Man, it depends on how much the tickets cost. I, you know, I told thing. you, man. It's only, a, you know, the minimum ticket is $40. <laughs> but I got $40. You, you know, I've I've grown accustomed to sitting in, in, in level one. I got to have the right eye level. I can't be too high. I got to be like right, just right above the ring, like oh, right no, there. Man, and then Mike, this is JR's fault because JR could have applied for media credentials and could have got you in as media. I don't even think they even opened it up yet. I haven't seen anything. For Bro, the fight is on Saturday. What are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about the thing that, yo, I haven't even gotten a response yet. For that. No, I'm talking about the broader fight. The broader fight's on Saturday, ain't it? It ain't to the end of February, man. Oh, I thought it was on Saturday. No, man. Oh, well, you got no. time, so get some credentials and let Mike oh. go as media. Oh, my God. I'm sure Mike would love that. Uh, he did it the last fight in Atlanta. Yeah, I, couple, I asked a great question. Other people, other people use the question too. I was in my well, form then. That's before I had my eye accident. Question. I could see real good then. I ain't, I didn't get like my eye wasn't falling out. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. He was able to you know represent the boxing source in that uh, Tank Davis versus uh, New York skin ball fight. Uh, you know back then a few years back in Atlanta. So. Uh, he was able to represent. So, uh, yeah, I, I still have not received word from uh, the uh, people there in um, uh, the zone or bedroom or whatever it is. So uh, Mr. Uh, Anthony uh, Lieber has not gotten back to me yet, uh, MVO. So <laughs> there's Well, that. tell Anthony Lieber, put the coat down, <laughs> get out of bed, comb his hair, and answer the fucking message. Well, if he listens to this podcast, he won't, he won't give us the freaking credentials, man. Come on. Hey, yo, with, yo, with that being said, man, I mean, I don't see if there's uh, much else to uh, like talk about here so far. Um, you know, like I said, there is that fight card that's in uh, Madison Square Garden next weekend. Um, so I'll look forward to that. On the YouTube channel, we plan to have another... Uh, interview with Mr. Dimitri Salida that will talk a little bit more about that Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin. Uh, Is that official that, yet? Uh, that may be official. He okay. told me that it's not ironed out or not solidified yet. So hopefully uh, he could lock that down uh, with us here at the Boston Source. And we'll also have an interview with Mr. Gary Antoine Russell uh, playing on here. Yeah, ask him when he's going to fight a big fight. Fuck me waiting on. <laughs> hey, why, why isn't he in the running the fight program? That that's what I was that's what I'm going to ask him. Why is he not in the running to fight Regis Prograde for that WBC uh title since no one else seems to want to fight Regis Prograde? Yeah. That no. So there will be that. 
but outside did, of did, that, did you touch on um, the Blair Cobb's Virgil Ortiz situation? Uh, no, I did not touch on the Blair Blair Cobb's Virgil Ortiz situation. I did not. Well, Blair Cobb's. I hope he got a good lawyer because he finna get sued by Virgil <laughs> Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz has sent them a cease and desist letter. They want a complete retraction by Monday, or they're gonna take his ass to court and sue him for everything he got. Hey, hey, he, man, good luck to Mister uh, Blair Cobbs, because uh, he, yeah, he might not have much of anything if he tries to go forward in this thing with a uh, court case with Mister Virgil Ortiz. Uh, so, yeah, good luck to him. Um, and also, uh, what was it? Rolly Romero had some stuff to say as well, and about uh, what is it? Um, who was the guy? Oh, Frank Martin. Like he, like he, him or his trainer said something about Frank Martin. I'm like, well, listen, I don't know if you want to get into a fight with uh, Frank Martin at this point. Not only that, I think Frank Martin is kind of past Rolly. Yeah, Rolly, Rolly need to get back in the win column first. Yeah, he does. He does need to get back in the ring column. So he he should go ahead and try to get a uh, fight in the interim before. Yeah, last we saw Rolly, his eyes was getting not crooked. <laughs> so yeah, so um, much luck to him as well in his future endeavors. He's announced like he was supposed to be put in a fight, and that was like months ago, and we still don't know what fight he's going to be in. So there's that. Uh, yeah. That being said, man. Uh, that that's all I got here for this particular version of the Boston Source Radio Show. Shout out to everybody that's been here on the live session. And yes, this will be available on demand through uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Know that MBO listen to this uh, later on down the line and give his criticisms uh, about it. <laughs> but You're damn right. <laughs> Like I say, at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and not get hit, not to stand in trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening. Bomb squad! I'm sorry. I just had to do that. I felt it in my bones. We back, oh, baby. He's on his way back, baby. He's oh, on baby. his way back, baby. The Let's return. The return of the bomb squad. The real is back. Let's get it, baby. Oh, 